Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I just counted them up. Wednesday, I made a two-hour video giving you 33 reasons why you should come to the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade. Thirty years ago, God began giving me prophecies saying that one day He's going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to His kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, six prophetic words, 33 in all, and I believe that I have been directed to organize a meeting to release sevenfold miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri Dudeman that America is the mystery Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe in the end times to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, which is April 19 to 22. We believe that once we have fasted, sown the key of David, and opened the doors and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in human history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There are only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Register while there are still seats available. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. If you've been listening to the Prophecy Club for a while, you've probably heard me quote some amazing prophecies, and you probably thought, man, I'd like to have a copy of those prophecies. I put together my selection of the most quoted speakers we've had at the Prophecy Club, and by getting this offer, you will have the most important information from 25 years, 160 guest speakers that have made 330 DVDs, in my opinion. It's called Stan's Quote Material. The first one is The Storm Judgment Revival. You've heard me say Shane Warren many times. Revelations for the Midnight Hour, Maurice Scalar. I Saw the Dollar Dead, Daniel Davis. The End of Times, Augusto Perez. Will You Survive America's Fall, Doug Metzger. Catastrophe Meteor Tsunami Earthquake, Ephraim Rodriguez. Meteor Destruction of America by me. And the most important one, Wake Up America by Dimitri Dudeman, and a book called Prophecies of the Fall of America. That's nine DVDs, one book, valued $280 for a gift of just $75. That's right, $280 worth of material, nine DVDs in a book for $75. And it's called Stan's Quote Material. You get it at prophecyclub.com. Stan's Quote material. I would even say Stan's favorite quote material. You want the best information? You get this offer. Stan's quote material. Nine DVDs and a book. $280 value for $75. Prophecyclub.com. Today we're going to be listening to Storm, Judgment, and Revival by Shane Warren. And you're going to put me in a ground, but three days later I'm going to resurrect from the grave. And that's how I'm going to prove I'm the Messiah. And you'll never be able to deny it again. And the world won't be able to deny it again. Now, why do I tell you that? Because how many things have to happen in our world for the church to know that we're living in the end of times? How many things have to happen for the church to wake up? You know, people say, well, 9-11 was going to wake up the church. Well, if 9-11 didn't wake up the church, what is it going to take to get the church's attention? So I believe, ladies and gentlemen, the only hope for the church is a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit to blow on us again with wisdom and revelation after the knowledge of Him. I believe we're living in the last days. 
I believe we're living in the last days. These are prophetic days. They're the greatest days ever to be alive in human history. Do you know you're the only generation in 3,500 years that can say you've seen the prophecies come to pass? No other generation in 3,500 years. Do you know you're the only generation that can say you've seen some prophecies fulfilled just in the last 24 months? Yet you're the only generation that can say you've seen some prophecies fulfilled that made no sense in your Bible at all until the last six months, some of which I'm going to show you tonight. You're the only one. And yet the church is asleep. Amen? So thank God for things like the Prophecy Club and other things that teach us about the coming of the Lord and talk to us about the last days and talk to us about the judgment of the nations. Amen? I want to give you some reasons why I believe that we're in the last days. Some of these are going to, you know, seem to be very basic to you because you've heard them for several years. But again, there are things that are unfolding in our generation concerning these things that nobody else has ever been able to say that they've seen. Only you and I can say that we've seen them. Why do I believe that we're living in the last days? You know, every preacher, since I'm a kid, has preached about the Lord coming, about the New Jerusalem coming down. I mean, man, in those early days, you know, I grew up in an Assembly of God church, and I grew up heathen, so when I got saved, I mean, I got saved, right? I mean, when I came to the Lord, I didn't know anything about the Lord, and I was just innocent. In fact, the first altar call I answered, I answered when an usher got up to take up the offer, and I thought everybody went up to the altar. That's what I did. I got up with the usher and went down to the altar. That's how I got saved, right? So, you know, I mean, it's it's weird, but it's true. But but um, But anyway... I've been hearing the coming of the Lord and all of this stuff, and we're living in the last days all of my life. Many of you are much older than me. You've been hearing all your life. But how can we know that we're living in prophetic days? Number one, write it down. The 1948, the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, in my mind, this is the single most important event, important event of human history in modern times that tells us about the days that we're living in. Now, let me tell you why this concerns me. Right now, 84 to 87% of the entire Christian community worldwide believes in something uh, called replacement theology. They believe that the church replaced the nation of Israel. That no longer is the nation of Israel in, of even of importance at all to the world or to the church. That God now only deals in terms with the church. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the most demonic heresies and this has brought more confusion and more lack of sensitivity to the signs of the times than any other teaching ever that has invaded the body of Christ. In fact, it was this teaching of replacement theology that Hitler used to initiate the Holocaust. Most people don't know this, but Martin Luther taught this, the same guy that preached the message of grace, taught this form of replacement theology, wrote a pamphlet on it, and literally Hitler used that pamphlet to formulate the Holocaust and did it line by line as Martin Luther uh, laid it out. And he initiated the Holocaust on Martin Luther's birthday to dedicate it to him. Most of the church doesn't even know that. And so ladies and gentlemen, this one truth right here, I believe, is like the bullseye for us in our generation. How do I know 
that I'm living in prophetic days. 1948, the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Matthew 24, verse 32 through 35 talks about the fig tree. Most scholars say this parable of the fig tree is the nation of Israel. Here's what I want to say to you. I want you to think about what I'm about to tell you now. Listen to this closely. The prophet Ezekiel, the prophet Daniel, the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Zechariah, the prophet Amos, the prophet Jeremiah, the prophet Joel, the prophet Malachi. Not one single prophecy in any of those prophets concerning the nation of Israel could have ever been fulfilled until 1948. So whenever 1948, Israel became a nation, it unlocked all of the prophetic passages of Scripture. I believe what the words of Daniel said. Daniel, God told Daniel, there are some things that are sealed up till the time of the end. And I believe that there are prophetic events that unlock. They're almost like breaking seals off the scroll that unlock more revelation of the time of the end. 1948, the rebirth of the nation of Israel, to me, is the highlight of that. In, in the year 70 A.D., the Roman 10th Legion surrounded Jerusalem, destroyed the walls, burned the temple to the ground, confiscated the temple treasures, took the Jews captive. And from that time until 1948, the land that was, as we call Israel now was known as Palestine. I want you to think of it. The land of Palestine passed from kingdom to kingdom, from Romans to Byzantines to Muslims, back to Christians, back to Muslims, then to the British, until finally God, in 1948, established the nation of Israel. And Jesus said, when you see this happen, you need to know that the season has changed. Summer is nigh, and then He goes on and say, it's nigh at the door. What is nigh at the door? We're in a different season Something's changed. Now here's what I love about God. You know, God never forgets the church when He deals with Israel. And He never forgets Israel when He deals with the church. I believe Israel and the church are prophetically connected together. Right? Let me tell you why. Whenever God spoke to Abraham, He said, I'm going to bless your seed. Your seed is going to be like the sand of the sea and the stars of the heaven. Everybody say the sand of the sea. And then say the stars of the heaven. Alright, so in Abraham's loin... I believe was two seeds. One was a natural seed, the sand of the sea, an earthly seed. That earthly seed is the Jewish people, the land of Israel, the, the Jewish people in the land of Israel. That's the earthly seed. But there is a spiritual seed in Abraham's loins. How do I know this? Galatians chapter 2 and chapter 3, Paul talks about this. He said, not only those who are born of the seed of Abraham, but those who are of faith are of the seed of Abraham. So there is a natural seed and then there is a supernatural seed. The natural seed is Israel. The supernatural seed is the church. So watch this. God unlocks some things prophetically. Something happens. A season changes when Israel's born in 1948. What would, guess what happened in America? Guess what happened in the church? 1948, we had the birth of the great healing movement. God started healing people with signs, wonders, and miracles all over America, all over the world. People started getting healed. Y'all remember A. Allen and, and, you know, Oral Roberts and them having the great tent meetings and laying hands on people? This happened in 1948 is when all of this started. Well, what happened? God healed a nation. And if God healed a nation, then God, that same anointing is going to come into the church. Right? So I believe that there's this prophetic connection. Ladies and gentlemen, 1948, the rebirth of the nation of Israel, to me, is the single most important event because it is the domino that sets everything else into kind of like a light speed mode, right? 
And now we're pushing headlong into what the Bible prophets have been preaching. Let's go to number two. Number two, the second uh, great event uh, of, uh, that, that I believe shows us we're living in the last days is Jerusalem is once again the capital of Israel. This happened in 1967. Let me give you a couple of passages of Scripture that have always just stood out to me. And uh, preachers have preached these for years, but they don't mean anything. They have never meant anything to me like they mean today. It's Psalm 102, verse 13 and 16. Listen to this. You shall arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Then in verse 16, when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear... In his glory. Now again, go back to Matthew 24. Jesus talks about the parable of the fig tree. He says, when you see this fig tree come up, when you see it put forth its branches, spread forth its leaves, you need to know that summer is nigh. It's at the door. What is at the door? What is at the door? Then he says, you'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of glory. In other words, you'll know you're living in the last days and the season has changed when Israel becomes a nation. But then he says in Psalm 102, not only Israel becoming a nation, but Jerusalem specifically becoming the capital of Israel. Now, this happened in 1967. Again, what what God does naturally in Israel, He does spiritually in the church, right? So watch. In Jerusalem, Jerusalem becomes the capital in 1967. 1967, the charismatic movement hits the church. God starts pouring His Spirit out on everybody. And, and, and it's almost like, again, these things are prophetically connected. I wish tonight I could talk to you about the America-Israeli connection, the Jewish connection to America. Oh, it would just blow your mind if I could get into that. But that's not my assignment tonight. So Jerusalem is once again the capital of Israel. Listen again to Psalm 102. God says, I will have a set time that I'm going to favor Zion, Jerusalem. A set time that I'm going to favor Zion, Jerusalem. Now, I want you to keep in mind, when this was written in Psalm 102, Zion was in existence. Jerusalem was in existence. Zion was there. There's a set time. God says, I have a set time. And then he says, when you see me, favor Jerusalem. You see Jerusalem become the capital. He said, the Lord shall appear in His glory. And Jesus, could this be what Jesus meant in Matthew 24 when He said, this generation will by no means pass away till they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of glory. Now, I know that, that uh, you know, there's two or three different ways to interpret that. And yes, I believe it has parallel interpretation over uh, with Titus and AD 70 and, and the persecutions that followed that. But even more, I believe it has a, a, a prophetic insight to our generation. When Jerusalem became the capital of Israel, It's like something sped up. Now things have gotten closer to the coming of the Lord. Could this be the generation that is going to see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of glory? Now, here's what makes me believe that this is for our generation. It's Psalm 102, verse number 18. He said, This shall be written for the generation to come. Everybody say, to come. To to the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. The word to come there is the Hebrew which literally interpreted means the final generation or the last generation. So in other words, Psalm 102, David said, I don't want you to misunderstand, this is not written for our generation. What I'm writing to you is there's going to come a time when God's going to have a set time that He's going to favor Jerusalem. And when you see this happen, you need to know you're the final generation. 
You need to know you're the final generation. So I believe, ladies and gentlemen, number two, Jerusalem becoming the capital of Israel is by just of utmost importance. Now with that said, let me just stop right here. Why is it that Jerusalem, according to the prophets and, and according to your newspaper, has become the stumbling block of the entire world? Why is it that men and, and, and our administrations have been guilty of this? Not just our current administration, but administrations in days gone by have been guilty of wanting to part the land of Jerusalem. Who's putting that in their mind? I just want to just submit to you that maybe, just maybe, Satan knows a little of the book. Maybe I'm just throwing that out there since he quoted it to Jesus. Maybe he knows a little bit. And could it be that Satan is putting it in the minds of men to part Jerusalem because he knows the prophetic passage of the Bible that when the Lord has mercy upon Zion, then the Lord shall appear in His glory. And could it be that, you know, I know the enemy thinks that he can win this thing or he wouldn't be fighting like he's fighting, right? And so... Could it be that he's putting it in the mind of men to, to completely divide Jerusalem and keep it divided? And that's the reason this is the topic. And here's what's amazing to me, ladies and gentlemen. You can go to Jerusalem right now, and on all of the posters in Jerusalem, they have Psalm 102, verse number 18 on the posters. Verse 16, 18. When the Lord shall build up Zion, He shall appear in His glory. You can stand on the Mount of Olives, east of the eastern gate, and look over Jerusalem, and there's cranes and buildings going everywhere. God is exploding Jerusalem in every direction. And the Lord said, when you see that, you need to start lifting up your eyes to the hills from which come your help. Your help's coming from the Lord. That the Redeemer's about to come. So we know a lot of things have got to happen before He comes. But ladies and gentlemen, this tells us we got to be close. Now, that might not excite you at all, but that gets me just a little bit excited because I don't care what happens on the world. I'm just ready to see Jesus. You know, I mean, I mean I'm ready to see Him. I know, I know we might have to go through some things, but I'm looking for Jesus, right? And so Jerusalem, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, is a major prophetic sign. Let me give you number three, and I'm, I'm saving the best uh, for last for you. Number three, the Jews are returning to possess the land. I'm going to give you some statistics tonight that are going to shock you. These statistics are in the last 12 to 24 months. These came, come directly out of uh, uh, the, uh, the immigration papers out of Jerusalem. So you can, you can go look this up if you want to uh, on your own. You'll have to go to Israel to do it, but you can go to Israel and you can do it. Or if you can get access to somebody who will give you the information, they'll give it to you. I want you to think about this. Matthew 24, 31 says, He shall send His angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together His elect from the four winds. There's those four winds again. You guys remember those? From one end of heaven to the other end of heaven. So remember that we talked about these four winds? Could it be that these four winds are blowing for a reason? Because God is putting it in the heart of His people to return back to Jerusalem. Now, think about this. I want you to think about how crazy this one thing is. If you're a Jewish person, how crazy are you to move back to a land the size of the state of Rhode Island that's surrounded by enemies who want to do nothing but push you into the ocean and to destroy you from off the face of the earth. But yet, people from all over the world are plunging back to Jerusalem, back to Israel, wanting to move back to the homeland. That's not logical, folks. So that only leaves one other explanation. There has to be a spiritual explanation. God said He's going to allow the four winds to blow and it's going to draw these Jewish people 
back to the homeland. From the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, even to the 1900s, the Jews were scattered across the world through something called the Diaspora. So they've been all over the world. Now, all of a sudden, specifically in the last two decades, I want you to think about this, and and it really started in the 80s with the fall of the uh, former Soviet Union, but specifically the last two decades, Jews are coming back in such massive numbers that Israel can't even figure out how to accommodate them. By the way, let's go back to Jerusalem. Our administration says, stop building all of that stuff, stop building all of those settlements in Jerusalem. Would you like to know who most of those settlements are for? For immigrants coming back to possess the land. So could it be that the enemy again is trying to stop this from happening because he feels like some way he can hold up this prophetic agenda of God? We know that can't happen. I don't know if you know this or not. God has an attitude. He thinks he's God and he thinks he actually runs the show, right? And so he's going to have me know he's going to have his own way. He's sovereign, right? He's going to have his own way. But what I want to tell you is the Jews are returning to possess the land. Now, in the aftermath of the breakup of the Soviet Union, used to, I could stand before you and say about 800,000 Jews came back to Israel. Right now, 1.8 million Jews out of the Soviet Union alone have come back to the land of Israel to, to move back into their homeland. Now, let me put that in a little bit of perspective for you. Because you, you hear those numbers, 1.8 million, and it's really hard to get your mind wrapped around that. Let me tell you how vast the immigration is coming into Jerusalem. How vast it is. Are you ready for this? The immigration coming into Jerusalem from all the parts of the world would equate to 15% of the entire Israeli population in the last two years. 15%. Let me just put that in a little better perspective. That would be the equivalent of 40 million New immigrants moving into America in the next 24 months and America assimilating all of them. Now, you think immigration is an issue right now in America. Allow 40 million new immigrants to move in all at one time in 24 months. Yet that is what's happening in the land of Israel. And the church is completely oblivious that God is allowing the four winds to blow. And for illogical reasons, for some spiritual reason alone, that only we, that's the only thing we can say. It's a spiritual reason all of these Jews have in their heart to come back into the homeland and to possess that land. Now, I found a scripture... In Jeremiah chapter 16, that I think is something you ought to at least write down and go read later. And let me tell you, when I found this scripture, we live in a nice neighborhood. When I found this scripture, I was in my boxers and t-shirt or whatever, my pajama pants t-shirt, whatever I was in. And I got so excited, I jumped up and ran out of my house. I literally, it was in the middle of the night. When I found this one passage of Scripture, I, lit, I like to lost it. I'm, I promise you. Now, you know, I'm not near as reserved as y'all are. Like, I'm just crazy, charismatic, on fire for Jesus, go nuts kind of. So when I see something, I go nuts. I mean, I run up walls, swing from chandeliers. I do all kinds. I just rejoice. Well, this is what happened to me when I saw Jeremiah chapter 16. Here's what Jeremiah chapter 16 says. It says, uh, it says Therefore, behold, the days come, says the Lord that it shall no more be said, The Lord liveth, that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord lived, 
lives that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of the north from all the lands whether he has driven them I will bring them again unto their land that I have given unto their fathers that's Jeremiah 16 verse 14 listen to the words of Jeremiah Jeremiah said there is coming a day when they will no longer sit around the table in Israel and talk about do you remember how God brought up Moses and the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage they won't talk about that anymore God says there's coming a day that there'll be so many Jews returning home to possess the land that everybody in Israel will gather around the table and says, Hey, do y'all remember how God blew the four winds from the four corners of the earth and all of these Jews have come in to possess the land? They're coming back to move back into the land? He says this is what they're going to do. Well, right now, all you got to do is go pull up the Jerusalem Post. Look at what the issue is the Jerusalem Post. Everybody's struggling over Jerusalem. Stop all that building in Jerusalem. Stop letting all of those immigrants come back to Jerusalem. Why is that? Because it is part of God's prophetic agenda. All right? All right. We're dealing with the seven reasons why I believe that we're in the time of the end. The first one being 1948, the rebirth of the nation of Israel. We talk about her significance. Jerusalem once again becoming the capital of Israel. Again, I just want to stress to you that I believe Jerusalem becoming the capital is probably one of the single most important events. And that could signify, according to Psalm 102, the final generation. Uh, and I hope that we are there. I'd love to see, how many would like to see Jesus come? Huh? Set up His kingdom. I'd love to see that. And then number three, the Jews returning to possess the land. And I read to you that powerful passage of Scripture, Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 14. Let me give you number four, the fourth reason why I believe that we're living in the last days. This is going to seem real simple. This is going to seem like this is not significant at all, but I'm going to just kind of throw out some numbers to you to show you just how significant it is. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So my fourth reason for believing that we're living in the last days is we're reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now let me just clarify that for you. Not with my own statistics, but how about let's go to the Southern Baptist denomination. They did an actual study on how much of the gospel has been preached to the world, how much of the world has actually been reached with the preaching of the word of God. I'm going to interrupt the broadcast right there. Thirty years ago, God began to give me prophecies saying that one day he was going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to his kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, and six prophetic words. I believe that I've been directed to organize a meeting to release sevenfold miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri that America is the mystery Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, willing to commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe we are in the last days to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, Unleavened Bread, and First Fruits, which is April 19 through 22. We believe that once we have fasted, sown the key of David, opened the doors, and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There are only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Register while there are still seats available. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. I just posted a 16-page newsletter 
our largest and most important newsletter in 25 years. It gives you in writing all the prophecies, dreams, visions, and audible voices I've received over the last 30 years telling me to organize this sevenfold miracle crusade. It'll put you in tears. Frankly, it'll put you in tears. You can download it for free at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation just as a simple project. Surprisingly, I began to receive information on 30 revelations and two visions beyond what is found in the Bible. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Topics are Jesus returns on what feast? The secret of the feasts. Who are the two witnesses? What is the morning star? The judgment seat explained. The great white throne explained. The nations explained. What is the shout? And the parables explained. Seals, trumpets, and vials go in what water. Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for 55 It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One for 20. No, 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 don't do that. You want to get five for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55. Prophecyclub.com.